accessing agent files. Brian Sovereign. Early 21st Century Anarchist. Creator and host of the podcast Sovereign Check. By the year 2021, the show would be instrumental in the downfall of various conservative ideologies in the government, helping usher in an incredible time. Hey, want to take a walk on the wild side and experience the bleeding edge of technology? Then get ready because it doesn't get much more edgy than this. You're in for a wild ride. You're listening to Sovereign Tech with your host, the man in triple black, the golden stallion of the tech. David Lee Roth. Can you get enough of him? I never can. Oh, man. <sighs> well, another list that he's not going to make. <laughs> or, uh, of course, the, the band that in many ways made him famous, or maybe that he made famous, depending which way you look at it. Van Halen will also be not on this list. But yes, it is time for the Golden Stallion to give you another Sovereign Tech special, The Man of Tomorrow, here with a sequel to the last special that we did, which was all about metal. It was You Need Metal. Well, this is You Need Metal 2. And I thought, so with the first one, okay, I'll admit, like, my my purpose was to perhaps highlight some bands that maybe people didn't know were still out there and, you know, and still cranking out some great stuff, which obviously I like to do a lot of times because, well, again, if, if I saw other people talking about it, then I wouldn't feel a need to talk about it. But uh, but I, I don't often see that. And so I did that. But the goal was more with metal bands that uh, were intense, you know, that, that brought on some intensity, because I know a lot of people this time of year, you know, the holidays, New Year's, all that, uh, all that good shit, Saturnalia, uh, you take your pick. They, you know, they, they, they decide to start working out. 
And which I, I think is fine, you know, and I hope they stick with it as much as anyone can. Okay. You know, everybody has different, uh, you know, abilities and strengths that they can, uh, you know, get to and achieve and within their life. And that, you know, all of that's fine. You don't have to, no one has to work out either. Okay. But I was like, well, let's, let's get that intense music out there. That music that makes you want to keep pumping the steel, you know? And, uh, that's what that one was about. But I, I think a lot of people might've come to the conclusion that that might be like the usual kind of music that I listen to. Well, it certainly, it is in, in many ways. And I will listen to it very often, uh, because, you know, I work out as often as I can, but not just for that, but I mean, it's also great music, but really the, the main music that I have grown up to really love and, you know, that I really enjoy and that I listen to most of the time is some of the cheesiest stuff ever created. Now, this won't be a shock to long time, very long time listeners of Sovereign Tech, because I've talked about some of these bands that I will be listing in this top eight before. Um, and just as in the last top eight, I will actually include parts uh, of, or, you know, perhaps even, well, I probably won't do whole songs, but I, I will put in, you know, parts of the songs just like I did before. A lot of people really like that. And I got a lot of great response uh, from the last You Need Metal special. And maybe I'll do more of them because, there's all kinds of metal I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I love power metal. You know, you take guys like Blind Guardian, Iced Earth, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, God, there's, there's, there's tons of them. I was going to say Rhapsody of Fire, but I think they, they might have changed their name. Uh, anyway, so, you know, lot, lots of great bands out there certainly to list off. And you can never list off every great metal band out there. Uh, like we opened up with David Lee Roth. I mean, you know, I could talk about Van Halen until I'm blue in the face, uh, you know, but it's Van Halen. And I assume most people, you know, already know who they are. And ironically, Van Halen is treated with, with a lot of respect already. Like, I mean, they never really lost their, um, you know, a lot of music, especially the music we're about to talk about in the mainstream music journals and all of that. Uh, a lot of these guys have just been panned as being over the top and ridiculous or campy or, you know, take your pick of the, of the derogatory uh, term. Yeah, but Van Halen never really like that didn't happen. Everybody still just kept on respecting Van Halen for, you know, whatever reason that may be. I mean, yes, they make great music, but they've certainly had their share of bombs. Van Halen three with Gary Sharon was was a really rough uh, album, in my opinion. Their latest work has been pretty great, uh, but whatever. Anyway, so but I want to get into and you know, I've talked about this before, but I, I think it's been a long time. So I want to recap some of this as to why uh, this music means something to me and, and, and its importance. I won't get into, you know, the, the the deeper aspects of metal, perhaps like I did in the last special. But most of the bands I'm going to list off here are, well, pretty much all of them are either products of the 70s or the 80s and the 80s in particular. And. I don't really get, I don't really know why. All right. It's funny. Cause if you listen to music journalists and you, if you listen to a lot of music fans, they'll say, Oh yeah, that eighties music that was so over the top. So campy. It was so happy. That's what they'll say. It's so happy. You know, how can you get into that? What you, and, and that comes off as very strange to me. You know, or they'll say it's corny or something like that. And really corny just means kind of like, you know, excessively, uh, you know, it, again, it's over the top. It, it means excess. It means, you know, a lot of these things. And I really take issue with that because wouldn't, I mean, what do you want? Do you want to listen to music that's just going to depress the fucking shit out of you? You know, do you want to, to listen to music that, that isn't necessarily perhaps personally edifying? 
you know, do you want music that has you relive perhaps traumas? Do you, I mean, I'm, I'm lost admittedly as to why, you know, people are just, or, or here's the other thing that they, they rip on eighties music. It's too complex. People just want good, simple songs. Now there's nothing wrong with good, simple songs. I can totally get behind that. Okay. But this was the, this is the verbiage. This is, these are the, the, uh, the attacks laid against music from the eighties, not just eighties metal was that, you know, it, 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 uh, it was way too complex. You had like, you know, these obligatory, what they call obligatory guitar solos, which holy shit. I mean, do you listen to some of these guitar solos and what these guys can do with a guitar? It's, it's fucking amazing. I mean, <laughs> I totally get it. Why a lot of gals, you know, would get really excited because you're like, wow, you know, if he can do that with his fingers, what could he do to me? I mean, <laughs> come on. Okay. So, so I don't understand why that's not why you know, why guitar solos are so anathema. I don't care if they get done over and over again. You know, it's like, well, what a trumpet gets played over and over again. Does that suddenly mean no more trumpets? I, I, I don't understand. So I don't get the, the whole, you know, the, the hatred of, of, you know, of uplifting music of music. That's about having a really good time. Uh, as compared to, and this goes for, you know, pop and metal in the eighties overall. And the eighties certainly had a share of sad music too. I mean, some of the, you know, greatest, you know, heartfelt ballads of all time were, were written in the eighties, you know, no doubt, but I don't get it. And, and I dare say, I almost get conspiratorial about it because I think one has to ask is that now the eighties is well known and the nineties being somewhat of a continuation of this, of being the decade of greed. It's called this no matter which side you, you, you know, you come from. Uh, honestly, you know, uh, Republicans and, and if you're from the United States, Republicans and Democrats both seem to not like. I mean, they love the Reagan era, but they don't seem to like the, uh, you know, the, the overall style of the 80s. Now, ironically, you know, you got bands or you got groups, <laughs> groups, bands, you have musicians, if you want to call them that, uh, like Taylor Swift, that. You know, they're, they're actually kind of re, trying to recapture the 80s with her. She had a new album, 1989, and it's supposed to have a lot of 80s flair to it. Avril Lavigne's done it. Katy Perry's done it. A lot of them have brought all this back. And, you know, somehow that's okay. Uh, but whatever. Again, that, that's because most music journalists are just, you know, they're paid by uh, the record companies, <laughs> by and large. So, but anyway, I, I, I almost get conspiratorial about it because... I wonder if with the decade of greed, you know, what was it? What, what did it first was the music happy or is the economy going up, you know, or was the light that where was the, the standard of living, not necessarily quality of life. Those are two different things, but was the standard of living going way up? You know, like what came first? Was it the chicken and the egg? Because I half wonder the music was so, so positive and, you know, just, just saying, yeah, let's go have a good time. Was it that, you know, people just, you know, you know, which came first? Was it because that's what they were experiencing? And so, you know, like the song says, their songs are more than music. There are pictures of their soul and they were showing off the good time. Or did the music kind of entice the good times for the rest of society? I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that that eventually, you know, the, the kibosh had to be put on, <laughs> had to be put on this party. Um, and I can't really see, you know, that's the other thing, too, is I can't really see why. Yes, I know the reasons that economists give, but I can't really see why there should be some kind of economic downturn uh, that 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 should have uh, that that occurred 
uh, when really innovation kept on coming. You know, and yeah, the the rest of the world, perhaps the world wasn't ready for that innovation. Maybe that's what really did it. Uh, but yeah, I'll admit, sometimes I, I have a little fun in Idalians, and please do not take me too seriously on that. Uh, but, you know, Idalians with the idea that, yeah, somebody said, no, we've, we've got to tone these fuckers down because they are just, they are having too much fun. And this is, we, we've got to stop the party. Well, for me... The party never stopped. In fact, it, it started as soon as the party was ending. Uh, you know, a lot of these bands. Yeah, I was listening. Like I got my first uh, Motley Crue tape. I got when Dr. Feelgood came out. I was like eight years old. And, uh, you know, my my dad was livid that I had it. Um, but I listened to that all the time. Kisses Crazy Nights, which came out in 87. I had that tape as well. Listen to the shit out of that. I mean, just an, an amazing uh, album. And, uh, you know, but I really didn't have actual control over what I did and what I listened to until I turned 16, because when I became 16, uh, and this is the only credit, you know, that I'll actually give my, my mother, uh, she actually turned more or less turned me loose. Like she stopped, you know, uh, being the overarching parent, uh, pretty much entirely. And I was able, you know, I had complete control of my time and, uh, you know, I could do more or less whatever I wanted to do. And when I was 16, I looked significantly older than, than 16. And I was able to go to strip clubs. I was able to go to, uh, you know, there's a very famous casino in central New York called, uh, the turning stone casino. I was able to go into there with that, you know, no one carded me or anything. It was all, you know, I, and I could stay out till five in the morning and come home and go to school the next day very early on. And, you know, nobody cared. And I had complete control of my time. So when I turned 16, again, we're talking, you know, 1997, 98 is when I was able to really, you know, start to have actual some autonomy in the choices of the things that I was into. And so I just went nuts, you know, because one point I remember, I just I found uh, I found my old tape of and tapes still kind of mattered in 97. I found my old tape of Dr. Feelgood and I went riding with my with my friend and he you know, I said, I was like, man, you got to put in this tape. And we listened to it, you know, and in the era of Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails and all that other shit. Uh, well, I, I don't mind Nine Inch Nails, but, uh, you know, we're just like, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> and in fact, there was even some uh, there, there was at the time it was very popular to like sell CDs through uh, TV commercials back then. And there was like these compilation CDs like Monster Ballads or Monsters of Madness that they would sell where it was all compilations of, you know, 80s uh, hair bands, as they're called, or hair metal uh, bands. And, you know, we, we just we ate them up. You know, Final Countdown by Europe. I mean, you know, you take your, you know, songs by Warrant, Cherry Pie. Uh, I mean, just tons and L.A. Guns, you know, all these great, great bands. And we're just eating it up. We're like, oh, man, it's like, how, why did this music ever stop? You know, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, and so, you know, that that's like, that's what I say when the party was just stopping for everybody else. For me, it was very much just starting. And now when I say party, of course, I don't mean, uh, you know, drugs or anything along those lines or drinking because I don't do either. Uh, but certainly the sex was going on <laughs> the good times and the back seats of uh, my expedition. And uh, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> hotel rooms, the whole thing. Um, so that, you know, it really did start for me. And so I want to get into, I want to cover in this, in this case with these metal bands that I want to cover, because, you know, live a good life, have fun. The goal in life is to be happy in whatever ways you can get through to achieve those happiness. As long as you're doing what you say and you don't use lethal force against people, go for it. Rock and roll. Okay. And so let's talk about that rock and roll. 
Let's get into it. This is the stuff that I listen to. If you say, hey, what do you want to listen to right now? Nine times out of 10, some of this music is what's going to come up. This style is certainly what's going to come up. These bands are certainly what's going to come up. And none of these, except for maybe a couple for some people, uh, are really like they're not unknowns. These are very popular bands, but they deserve to be talked about. I want to list them off. I want it. I want it stated in the record that the Golden Stallion is a huge fan of all these bad boys. So, you know, and actually, well, you know, one that didn't make the list, I'm, I'm a fan of bad girls, too. Oh, am I a fan? <laughs> like Lita Ford, Vixen, huge fan. Love them. So let's break right into it with our, you know, with our top eight of You Need Metal 2, um, and I'm calling it The Party, okay? And uh, first one is one of the later entries to the game. In fact, maybe in, in our list, it is the latest entry, or, or perhaps second the latest, and that is Winger. Now, Winger is forever immortalized due to uh, Beavis and Butthead. Uh, great, great cartoon. <laughs> uh, and Beavis and Butthead, in that there was, uh, I think his name was Stuart. Stuart was kind of a, a foil high school kid, you know, dork character that Beavis and Butthead would constantly pick on. And they all wore metal shirts. And Stuart loved Winger as to where Beavis and Butthead, of course, wore Metallica and ACDC uh, generally. And so they're forever immortalized with that. And I think they have, you know, some derision just because of that alone in a lot of people, especially my people's age, uh, which I'm 33. Yeah, I'm 33. Okay. <laughs> you know, in their minds. But Winger's awesome. Uh, they really like technically they have some of the like Red Beach and Kip Winger, of course, the lead singer. Uh, these guys have just some of the smoothest grooves in metal uh, that you can find anywhere. And this is another one of those bands that never stopped. You know, they st they may have stopped for a while. Kip Winger did a little solo career uh, and he he went through a very traumatic uh, uh, time in his life where his his wife, unfortunately, died. And, and you can you can hear it in a lot of his music. And, and so, but I'll, I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, but they had, you know, they started off in, in the very late, like maybe 89, you know, they had, uh, the very first album winger, which had the song, uh, just tons of great songs, uh, hungry, of course, the, the very well-known 17, uh, which somehow that, that song got out there <laughs> You know, today. I don't think you could sing a song about, about how she's only 17. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's going to pass muster. Uh, so the, you know, that, that's a, that's a classic, uh, hungry is an incredibly epic song. And in fact, was one of the first times I'd really heard a metal song, bring in a violin, uh, which was, which is really cool. So I, I, I love that. Probably my favorite uh, winger song to, to date. And then of course they did winger two in the heart of the young. Uh, they had a whole slew of other great tracks on it. One of which we're going to highlight here. Uh, but it had, uh, easy come easy go. Can't get enough. Uh, they even did a, they did a, a cover of Jimi Hendrix's purple haze, which was awesome. Uh, little dirty blonde, Ooh, little dirty blonde. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so gr great stuff. And then, you know, uh, winger three came around, uh, and this is more, you know, midnight, we're talking like 93 and there was a sea change in metal at the time. And when winger three came out, they definitely got away from the more, you know, the hair, happy, go lucky, you know, let's, you know, let's rock, let, you know, sex and all that stuff. Uh, they really got away from that, but 
the album they put out was still amazing. It has awesome songs on it. Uh, Junkyard Dog, uh, Blind Revolution. I mean, there's just there's a slew of, of great tracks off of Winger 3. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't lose it. Like, I don't think they lost their power. Kip Winger's voice uh, is still, you know, really commanding uh, with your attention. And, uh, and and it's an album that a lot of people missed. It didn't sell very well by comparison to, to Winger 1 and Winger 2. Uh, but it's fantastic. So Winger 3 is definitely worth checking out. Then they had Winger 4. Now, this is the one album where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because Winger 4 was it was kind of a concept album and it was all supposed to be about war and it had a pretty good message queens right did a similar uh album where it was you know talking about what soldiers are going through and everything and i'll give winger credit for calling bullshit uh you know on the whole on the whole deal more or less and uh, but it's not you know it doesn't have the same hooks because winger three was serious but winger four doesn't have the same hooks that like winger three did and so it, it kind of went by is it was good but not great Okay. And I think that through that time frame, you still had, you know, Kip Winger was still really in a period of mourning. You can hear it in his, you know, again, in his, uh, his solo albums and Winger four might be kind of similar. Maybe he was just tired of death and I could really relate to that. Of course, being a veteran, uh, myself, not that he was that I, that I know of anyway. So, but then what happened, maybe at some point Kip Winger just kind of woke up. I don't know, but a new album came out. This was back in 2009. They, they just had another album actually come out this year, better days coming, but, uh, and that was fine. But this album, they had an album called karma come out and I don't know if fifth time is a charm or what, but winger karma is, you know, while it doesn't have their biggest hits overall, it's probably their best album. You can go once again, it's a track for track album. I mean, just opens up with, uh, you know, I made a deal with the devil traded my soul for rock and roll. I made it. Oh God. (laughs) That's so good. Uh, uh, stone cold killer. There's, there's, and, and there, and the, it's just, you hear that and you go, I don't know what happened between winger, you know, winger, uh, two and karma, but the party came back. The good times really came back and they came back with a vengeance. And uh, I don't know how this album didn't just, you know, sell gangbusters out the door because it's a masterpiece. It's an absolute it's it's a metal masterpiece that that, again, I don't know of anybody else that listens to it besides me. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, that was awesome. And and it, it's really great. And, you know, I just winger kip winger himself his life i i do wonder you know how well that parallels with uh you know a lot of music you know again if it is real music it's coming from you know hopefully a person's not making it uh you, you know that, that it's real that that it's a reflection of what they want to get out there that they're making the music that they want and uh and that's really something i hope karma is a sign that you know he he really he went through that period uh you know very unfortunate sad time and then you know just came back and it's like all right let's get back to living and i think that that's something that all you know kind of an overall overarching message over multiple albums that 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 everyone i think can really uh you know, hopefully appreciate that things do get better and you can get back to living the good life, even if you've been through, you know, just terrible, terrible situations. So I love Winger, but I want to go, let's open it up with one of their more rocking songs. And that's Easy Come, Easy Go. And I mean, this one's just going to get you right from the first note.
It feels good. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, winger. I mean, what, what more needs to be said? So and you got a lot of albums to get through, you know, to, to listen to, to just tons of that gold and, and readily available. Great stuff. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's go with a, another band. And this one, you know, might be officially later started later than uh, than winger, because I think this band started in like 91. And this is unfortunate. This is where really the fact that, you know, that that kind of cheesy metal, quote unquote, and I say that in a, in a very nice way, I like cheese, uh, you know, th- they came out of the time where, where that was getting, you know, derided and shoved out of the way and out of the limelight. And it's a shame because this is this band was delivering the best stuff of its day, you know, the best stuff of its kind. Uh, I mean, as far as like metal, that's about sex and about having a good time and living the life. Nobody really did it better than Danger Danger. No, really, nobody did it better. Nobody encapsulated the whole thing. And they even brought in this isn't just a band, you know, that that was copying everybody else. They had a lot of class. They had a keyboard player. Which one could argue a lot most the greatest you can't be a great band if you don't have a keyboard player somewhere. You know, Molly Crew had Tommy Lee and I mean, you know, when he wanted to and, and others. But I mean, but that's that's the thing is that I think a lot of people would say, well, it's not real metal if they don't have a keyboard. So, well, guess what? Danger Danger has one and they rocked it out. Uh, I mean, this is the the penultimate of, of hair metal all the way. And so Danger Dangerous, they started off they, with their self-titled album, they had a, a pretty uh, a song that did moderately well on it, a single called um uh, naughty naughty and but but the first album has tons of great songs uh in fact they even got some porn stars to do you know not not backing vocals but to do like little little talking clips uh in it and i i thought that was great but they had lots of good songs on that a bang bang uh boys will be boys i, I mean there's under the gun there's, there's a whole slew of, of really really great uh you know hook 
pop metal, some people would call it, but whatever. It was fucking great. Uh, and and the, the message, you know, uh, even there's even a song on their first album called Live It Up. The message is perfect, and it is exactly what I think everybody really needs. Okay. <laughs> uh, instead of, you know, just walking around so depressed, uh, you know, to, to really, yeah, let it go. You know, have a good time and, and, and enjoy yourself. Uh, so, but then they had their, their second album that they came out with. Uh, was the genuine masterpiece. And again, once more time, one more time, track for track, of course, uh, they had, they had albums after the fact. Uh, in fact, they even got, I think the third album was cockroach, which if you get your hands on that, they ended up their original singer, Ted Poley, uh, who's, who's great. And he did some solo work as well. Um, they, they replaced him, but you can get that album where it's, you know, either their, you know, their new, what they had as a new singer, they have Ted Pulley back now, or you have the version with Ted Pulley. Obviously, the version with Ted Pulley is better. And they had a couple other albums come out after the fact when Ted Pulley left. None of those are really worth, uh, you know, getting into. In 2011, they had a new album come out, though, with Ted Pulley, and it was a, it was a pretty good effort. But the first two albums alone are really where you need to highlight yourself with with danger danger actually ted pulley interestingly if you listen to the sonic the hedgehog cds he actually he's i didn't know this but in japan he he sings songs on some of the some of the soundtracks for a lot of the later sonic games amazing stuff but of course in america you know they they just wouldn't let it happen they they wanted redos of, of the the soundtracks but anyway so Danger Danger, the first two albums are really what you want to highlight here. And the second one in particular, the second one opens up with uh, just a great kind of like a kind of a, a jungle sort of drum uh, beat. And then you, you start hearing a woman moaning uh, and that it ends with her crescendo of her moaning. And then it gets into a song called Monkey Business, which is just a fun, awesome song. Great music video, too, while you're at it, uh, <laughs> where this woman's, you know, kind of hitting on an ape. It, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, amongst other things, it's, it's a really good time. Uh, but there's other songs on there. Everybody wants some. Uh, there's a there's they actually made a song. There's a there's the last track. It's hilarious uh, because it's about it, they're kind of making fun of the whole like 90s kind of rap you know, rap group style music and uh, that it's called, yeah, you want it. And they actually do a really good job of it. And it's, it's pretty funny uh, and they get ginger Lynn singing in it uh, or talking in it more. So and then there's uh, boy, a uh, horny son of a bitch that that's a, that's a great track. You know, one girl ain't enough for me. I think I'll go with two stack them up like pancakes, flip them over when I'm through. <laughs> I, you get the point, right? <laughs> uh and then there uh, of course one one of the greatest songs off there i mean and there's tons and there's good ballads on there too uh but my favorite probably my favorite song off of that album is slipped her the big one and we'll go right into that because that <laughs> this this one's a doozy <laughs> just uh, maybe the greatest metal song of all time here we go danger danger with slipped her the big one
Slipknot, the big one from Danger Danger's second album, Screw It. <laughs> yes, that is the name of the album. And, you know, that's one of those albums, too, where I, I have to say, if you can find, I think there was like a French re-release in 2008, and they did a pretty good remastering of that album. Uh, if you can find that, you want that version, because otherwise these songs can uh, come off perhaps as a little tinny. Or, uh, you know, they, they don't have the, the full. Now, I don't want to make an argument for because there's what they call the loudness wars, where people are like digitally adjusting the loudness that you normally couldn't get uh, through, you know, analog uh, signals. So, uh, you know, but but you do if you can get the, you know, the the remastered version of Screw It, uh, you want that. So anyway, that that's Danger Danger. I, I love those boys and I really wish that they had the chance to really flourish uh, instead of, you know, have to start. Because when you listen to Cockroach, their third album, you really get the sense, okay, the record company's saying we got to sound more like Nirvana. And it just fucked up everything. I mean, it just, it totally, it totally screwed it all up. And so, you know, I'll, I'll never forgive uh, Nirvana for that. So anyway, uh, let's get into now, <laughs> arguably perhaps the most famous of any of these bands, though I'm going to do a little bonus one that, that would be more famous, uh, but Motley Crue. Now, listeners of Sovereign Tech know that I'm a huge fan of Motley Crue. The lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy and I actually went to go see a Alice Cooper slash Motley Crue concert just recently. And we and Motley Crue put on a great show, even in the middle of the police state. And uh, But they are worth talking about. They are worth bringing up. Okay, because Motley Crue... Here's the funny thing, because a lot of people actually... A lot of, a lot of music journalists will claim that Motley Crue was a copycat band that they were just copying what was famous at the time or what was popular at the time. And I can't see that at all. If anything, uh, you know, they were the trendsetters in every style uh, of music. They were ahead of the game. You know, like when, uh, when Girls, Girls, Girls came out, they were paving the way for Guns N' Roses. They weren't copying Guns N' Roses. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot, and I mean, Dr. Feelgood, that album alone, what exactly were they copying with Dr. Feelgood? There's no album out there that sounds anything like that. Uh, that, that album is, is solely unique, you know, in, in the world. So I, I don't know what they mean by that. I mean, even their first album, uh, Too Fast for Love is, you know, again, a very raw album. There was nothing else quite like it. There's a reason they got signed on so quickly was because, the, you know, and, and you can even uh, you can talk to some of the guys, you know, some of their management and all that from that era. And they'll say, yeah, we never heard anything like this before. And so we signed them up and shout at the devil. I don't know what exactly from back then sounds like shout at the devil. So I think that whole argument's a bunch of shit. Uh, Motley Crue's fantastic. They have every album. Literally every album, even the one when they had uh, John Karabi uh, after they lost Vince Neil was incredible. Uh, even when they didn't have Tommy Lee, you know, with uh, with New Tattoo, the album New Tattoo. And they uh, I mean, who they got Randy Castillo from uh, from Ozzy, who sadly died not long after. Awesome album. There's not a bad album in the bunch. You know, even their latest uh, opus, Saints of Los Angeles. And apparently, you know, this is the thing uh, I, I learned that. They are, even though I caught their, and I'm glad I got to see it, I got to see their final tour, uh, they are going to continue making music. They're just not going to tour anymore, and I imagine that has to do with Mick Mars. Mick Mars is in really, that's the lead guitarist, he's in really rough shape. Uh, but I appreciate what Mick Mars has done. He would put his name out there, even in recent years. Uh, he did the song Boss's Daughter. 
uh, with Pop Evil, which was incredible. Uh, he did the song um, Speed On Up or Take It to the Limit. That's what it was. It was Take It to... Take it to the limit by Hinder. Uh, he, you know, he did guitars on that. So he would put himself out there and, you know, and he would even be in the videos and, and you could tell, again, you can tell he was looking rough even in recent years. Uh, so that's probably why they stopped touring, you know, overall. Uh, but they're still going to come out with music. And in fact, they had a really good single that they released, uh, in 2011 called sex. And then they never came out with an album. And I was like, Oh, what the shit? You know, it's like, can, can you guys please, you know, release the album that that song was, was on because that that's why I listen to you guys. Cause that's what you're singing about 99% of the time. And it's, you know, and it's amazing. Uh, and Motley Crue was really, you know, that was kind of my first, uh, you know, between Motley Crue and Kiss, that was really my first love uh, as far as metal bands go, because they were very much singing about, you know, the the things that I was recognizing. Uh, I didn't want to be a part of my life, things like Christianity, but I can save all that for, you know, for later on uh, in, in the show, but, but Molly Cruz still, you know, they do tons of great stuff. Their music is, yes, it's incredibly cheesy. Yes. A lot of their lyrics don't make any sense at all. Okay. Yes. Uh, Nikki six, when he started out was not a great musician. I think that has changed. I mean, his band 6am 58, uh, brides of destruction. They're all great bands. Okay. And, and he's, you know, a central piece of them and he's delivering the goods. He's really made something out of himself and I love it. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I get all that, but the hooks, you know, the style, the attitude of their music is, is exactly what you're looking for. It is top notch and it just comes through. It can't not come through. Uh, the amount of song, I mean, like we mentioned, girls, 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 uh, wild side, you know, shout at the devil, uh, you know, too young to fall in love, too fast for love, starry eyes. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many songs and, you know, even the, their most popular ones are generally kind of their weakest too. Uh, in fact, like theater of pain, a lot of their biggest hits are off the album theater of pain. It's their weakest album. You know, and of course, off of that was, um, you know, Smoking in the Boys Room, which, of course, is a is a cover uh, of the song from way back. And then there was Home Sweet Home. I mean, fine songs, but like they, they don't compare to the rest of the catalog, you know, and Dr. Feelgood uh, is amazing. And even, you know, Generation Swine, nobody listens. This came out in 97. Uh, Generation Swine was a great album. It's when Vince Neil came back. It was so good. There's there's uh, Let Us Pray. That's P.R.E.Y. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, you know, just, and they even did a, 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 a 97 version of shout of the devil, which was fantastic. I mean, there's, there's a, just the, the list goes on and on and on. And even if you listen to the self-titled album or what they call Motley Crue 94 with John Karabi, where they didn't have Vince Neil, different attitude, you know, kind of late left the sex out, unfortunately, but still you had the song hooligans holiday. Uh, you, you had a uh, power to the music, uncle Jack, uh, misunderstood there's awesome songs all across that album that are just really intense and some you know some journalists have said and i agree with them that if if nine if the 94 album wasn't motley Crue, it would have been like one of the biggest albums of all time you know like if if it didn't have the name motley Crue on it that's what turned everybody off because the entire music industry was too busy telling you who to listen to as usual and so you ignored all those bands from the 80s that were cheesy so if you haven't listened to a lot of motley Crue stuff you're really miss or you know even their later stuff after girls 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 and after dr feel good or you know their greatest hits uh, a decade of decadence you're really missing out on on incredible songs that are still really fresh i mean they they sound just 
intense, sometimes sexy, you know, a good time, really rocking, uh, good, good stuff. So, but my favorite song by Motley Crue, and this is the chance I'm going to get, I'm going to take here as to where, okay, maybe you, everybody's heard of Motley Crue, but maybe you never heard this song. And I don't know if this is my favorite Motley Crue song, but it's definitely way up there. And it's one that does not get any real play. The only time it's ever gotten play that I know of, I had to ask for it to get played. And boy, would I ask <laughs> this is just a fun song. It's off of Dr. Feelgood. It's a great time. It's called she goes down. Yeah. 
It's amazing how powerful the sound effect of the zipper is. <laughs> it, it just totally gets the point across, doesn't it? You know exactly what's going on. <laughs> I love it. Oh, such a, such a fun song. So, but speaking of fun, perhaps the people that had the most fun uh, and easily the cheesiest uh, of the of the bunch and in fact even you know a lot of people that do like hair metal often don't like these guys and uh, and that's a pity i love it and i get it yeah it's all very sophomoric it's all very uh you know in fact some people say well you know their music actually it just sounds like they took music from the 50s and they just put guitars to it well you'd have to ask cc deville if that's what he did uh but this is of course you know the boys ricky rocket brett michaels cc deville and the rest uh poison awesome band awesome awesome band a lot of people say well you know oh yeah this is this is where it got ridiculous because they wore so much goddamn makeup uh you know that that how could they be how could they be men well you know <laughs> I, I loved uh, they asked that to Vince Neil once from Motley Crue. And I remember his answer was, it's like, I may wear I may wear makeup, but I can still kick your ass. This kind of, is kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, so Poison, yes, over the top as far as, you know, the amount of makeup they wore or whatever. And yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of makeup on men or women. So uh, no shit. It doesn't mean anything to me. And uh, I mean, I'm really not a fan of that. So but Poison, I am a huge fan of. Uh, they had, you know, right from their from their first album, uh, you know, with the cat, dra- look what the cat dragged in, uh, you know, open up and say, ah, flesh and blood. I mean, just just keep going down the, the list of their albums. They're all great. Even their later stuff. Uh, Crack a Smile had some good songs on it. Uh, Holly Weird, which was kind of like their 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 last album was weird like i, I don't know it, it, it didn't i'll admit that didn't do it for me uh brett michael's solo work that he's done didn't do it for me either uh there was a uh there was a live album that they released that had a few new tracks kind of like what they did uh w- with their previous live album in the 90s uh, and that had they had it was power to the people i think was the name of the album that had some really interesting, like experimental stuff that that Poison had never really done before that I thought was actually really good. Uh, in fact, the song Power to the People was was awesome, uh, but different. It's not the Poison you expect, but the Poison you do expect is is awesome. I mean, it's it's great music. It is that insanely happy, good time stuff, you know, that really that over the top excess is best, you know, kind of attitude that you would expect uh, you know, from, from that, that time frame, And, you know, I don't know. I have to admit, I don't know if in 10 years from now, if suddenly all of this music will be popular again, because I remember in the nineties, the sixties were all the rage. And so maybe in perhaps what, what I hope will become the new roaring twenties, maybe this music will be back in fashion. And Poison will be at the top of the list. Unfortunately, they'll be far too old 
or not far too old. I mean, Kiss is still going and they're almost 70, uh, <laughs> but they will, they won't be, they may not be able to deliver the goods. I mean, you look at CC DeVille. I mean, the guy did so many drugs. He just, <laughs> he's in rough shape and just a, a phenomenal guitarist all the same. Uh, and Brett Michaels is still kind of, he's kind of semi-famous. He's done stuff, you know, like real, these reality shows on VH1 and whatever, which are, you know, all garbage. But uh, but the music stands, and it stands really well. And if you pick up a Greatest Hits album of, of Poison, I don't think it disappoints. Uh, I don't care how dumb their lyrics are, because it's it's not meant to be complex. And in fact, it's almost funny because I talked earlier about how one of the critiques is that, well, people wanted simple music. Well, believe me, it doesn't get much more simple than what poison would deliver. So I, I don't think that's the argument. That's, that's part of the evidence where I feel like, no, the music industry had to put an end to the good times. Why they had to, I'm not sure. You know, I, I could have some wild speculations, but they'd be nothing more. And so why even talk about them? Uh, but Poison is amazing. I mean, just, you know, you go again, talk dirty to me. What a great song. Uh, you know, unskinny bop, uh, even off of, off of Flesh and Blood, the song Flesh and Blood Sacrifice, which is actually about vampires, which is kind of interesting if you didn't know that. Uh, you know, great, great tracks. You know, even Oh My God, Look What the Cat Dragged In was an awesome song. Uh, some of their lesser known songs are really good. Number One Bad Boy is a phenomenal track off of that. Uh, Don't Need Nothing But a Good Time, you know, Nothing But a Good Time. Awesome song. Spoke to people. You know, it really did. And, and I think it still can if, if people would actually give it a second and listen to it. Uh, and so, but, but let's enough of that. Let's get right into it. Here we go. This is, I don't know if it's my favorite song, but I love this because it really encapsulates what, po- what Poison is all about. And that is Talk Dirty to Me. Here we go. Just 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the drive-in and in the old man's Ford, right? <laughs> oh, boy. I used to have a, I had a couple of old Fords, actually. Uh, I had a, a 1971 F100, and I had a uh, 73 Ford LTD. Oh, man. Was that a, <laughs> I, have, I have some pictures of that. But anyway, uh, of course, the, the LTD was triple black. Uh, but Let's get into it. We're four down. We've got four to go. Well, maybe five, but, but let's get into the next one because uh, I, I don't want the special to go, you know, too terribly long. Um, and I don't know how many of these I, I still might do another another metal one or, or more music ones in the past. But people seem to really like these. So I'm putting them out there. And please remember that I do these separately and I do segments on the show. That way, if there's something you don't care about that I have to say, if you don't want to hear what the Golden Stallion has to say about music, and you don't have to listen to it. Okay. It's in the show notes. You know what it's about. You don't have to listen. That's fine. So that's why I put these out as, as specials. And of course I'll be doing, you know, more, more, perhaps more serious specials in the very near future. Once my schedule calms down uh, a little bit. So anyway, this is, uh, you know, another one of, of the greats of all time. And that is white snake. Of course, David Coverdale's band. And you didn't hear it. But uh, but the lovely and hyper intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy just started singing some White Snake. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, and boy, she got, she's got a voice. Oh, man, <laughs> talking about all this music and hearing that, I don't, I don't know how much longer I'm going to last here. Okay, so White Snake. <laughs> uh, this is a band again, still going. Uh, people don't realize it, but they are still going. Now they have been going for a very very long time, and I'll admit. Before their self-titled album, that being Whitesnake, which came out in the 80s, I don't really listen to that. Uh, I, I, you know, they had David Coverdale with completely different people. OK, he didn't have Vivian Campbell at the time. He didn't have all those guys. Uh, you know, he was making music. It sounded kind of like Deep Purple and I love Deep Purple. So I can appreciate, you know, what Whitesnake was was delivering before then. But what they delivered from from the album Whitesnake up just blows anything else they could have done out of the water. Uh, so I, I'll admit, I'm not going to talk about those albums, even though they did, they did quite a few before then. But, uh, the, you know, these albums, uh, Slip of the Tongue, you know, and, and of course, you know, the, the self-titled White Snake itself. Uh, and then there was, uh, they actually, they, they came up with an album in 97, but I get that. Don't listen to that. <laughs> or you can, but it was, it wasn't supposed to be a white snake album. It was just supposed to be a David Coverdale album. And so when you listen to it, uh, when you listen to the 97 album, it, you're like, this is white snake. No, it's, it's really not. <laughs> so, but white snake of course is well known for their, their perhaps their trilogy uh, of music videos that they had uh, come out, uh, you know, that being, uh, is this love? And, uh, here I go again. Um, you know, and, and those, those both starred, uh, Tawny Katane. And I mean, they had other songs, slow and easy, uh, was a, was a great song. Um, you know, crying in the rain, another amazing song. Uh, but wow, man. Yeah. I mean, you watch, you watch the music videos for, is this love or, you know, here I go again. And those are still classics. They still hold up seeing Tawny Katane dancing on the front, front end of a, of a car that actually has a hood on it. Okay. <laughs> what car can you get? You know, that side sidetrack here. I hate modern cars, 
hate modern cars. You can't fuck on them. You can't control them. You can't, I mean, you really, you can't. And what are you going to do in the back seat? Really? You know, I mean, especially if you're like me, you know, you're six foot one, you're weighing in at 210. What are you going to do in the back seat of that car? You know, with anybody and have a good time. You know, my, I told you, I was mentioning my 73 LTD. You could fit four people in the back seat of that car. And it was a two door. <laughs> my, my, my LTD was a two door and it wasn't the wagon model either. And you know, you want to know how many people you could fit in the trunk, but that's, that's another story. <laughs> okay. And what a loss, you know, the, the shit, seriously, someone tell me, oh, well, capitalism has made everything so inexpensive. So yeah, it's also made it made out of shit too. Like, I mean, like, like cars today, you know, a pebble hits them and the whole front end just indents. You're lucky if you make it out alive from hitting a, from hitting a pebble. Man, I hate that. And you watch a video like this and you're like, you know what? Shit, I'd like to do that too. You know, <laughs> I want to do what David Coverdale and Tawny Katane are doing on, you know, on the front of that Buick and, or that Chrysler New Yorker. And I don't know if it was that. I, I, I don't think it was any of those. But, <laughs> anyway, but those were popular in the 80s, those cars. Uh, but d- don't even try because you're going to end up, you know, you know, hammering yourself into the engine. Very annoying. So anyway, Whitesnake, amazing, an incredible uh, selection of music uh, to, uh, you know, to, to get your hands on. In fact, they released a great album. It was called Here I Go Again, where it had, uh, you know, their main three uh, albums uh, in it. And and then that's a that's really a great collection. But they never stopped. They actually had uh, they had another album. They had an album called uh, called X come out. Uh, and, and that had and this was like in 2007 or so when this came out great album uh it had uh, in fact uh, we're gonna play the song from it can you hear the wind blow it's the opener awesome rocker david coverdale's voice sounds amazing then in 2011 they had an album come out called forevermore and this album's track for track i mean just really good grooving stuff i mean i haven't heard music that good since they had john sykes around boy you want to talk about a great musician john sykes jesus christ uh, they're, they're one in the same. That's why I said, Jesus Christ, John Sykes, they, no. <laughs> I'd pray to him, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you got to You got to hear forevermore. I mean, just, there's no, I couldn't pick one song off of it. So, but I want to highlight from, from X, the song, can you hear, can you, uh, can you hear the wind blow? Because it is just a, you know, not, not so much of a, of a party, but it's got an awesome groove an awesome opening riff and it just keeps going. And it shows just how, you know, how vital and fresh and how really how young, even though I, know uh you know that that coverdale's looking uh you know a little rough these days but how young at heart he is with this music you, you can't i mean and, and he's actually he was on this uh on that metal show with with eddie trunk and he was on there and, and talking and he says he's like the reason the music's still good because it's about love you know it's about passion and those are timeless subjects for people to you know to to really hear about, and that's part of why the the music speaks so well to people. And I totally agree, and and I I think that's amazing. So this stuff is timeless, and it's still getting made. White Snake is still out there rocking. I'm sure they're going to have another album coming out. And uh, I mean, David Coverdale is one of the rare uh, people that I follow on Twitter uh, because I think he's just such a class act. He's such a cool guy. So anyway, let's do it. Here's a can you hear the wind blow from White Snake X. Awesome song. Let's do it.
Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, well, let's go right into another band that has, uh, they actually, I remember when I saw them in Utica, New York, they had opened up for Whitesnake. I didn't get to go to it. They actually opened up for, this is amazing. Can you picture this concert? Your, t- your lead act is Motley Crue, which it could have just as easily been Whitesnake. Your middle act was Whitesnake. And then your bottom act is our next band, which was Dokken. Oh man, that had to be a show. <laughs> I mean, that, that had to, be, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be in that show. Uh, in fact, actually a friend of mine who is significantly older, he did go to it and uh, he has a, a picture of him with, uh, with Tawny Katane. She was actually there because she was married to David Coverdale from Whitesnake at the time. And so she was there at Utica, New York. He's there and you can see his arm. And his hands, and she didn't mind. She's just smiling, you know. She's, I mean, because you know, Tawny's cool. And his hands right on her ass, like up her skirt, and she's just like, "Yeah, go for it," you know. <laughs> it was, what? Oh, crazy days. Anyway, um, yeah. So Dockin, rocking and roll, rocking with Donnie Dockin. That used to be the the catchphrase in the late '80s and the '90s. Uh, you know, for for Dockin. And this is a band. This is one maybe you haven't heard of, though. If you hear some of the songs, usually it, you know it'll ring a bell. Uh, they have a lot of great hits. Uh, you know, uh, Paris is Paris is burning, breaking the chains uh, in my dreams, dream warriors. Uh, I mean, you know, tons of great albums, tooth and nail uh, under lock and key. Just just a, I mean, song after song, album after album. And when I said that they're still rocking, believe me, Dokken is like like it still sounds really intense and they haven't necessarily shied away at all from their original style. Now they didn't really sing so much, you know, about the, uh, about the parties per se, but their music, you know, again, has that great groove, uh, that, that great metal. And it's still very uplifting, especially if you listen to a song, breaking the chains, you know, it's all about getting your personal freedom. It's, it's really, you know, really good stuff. Uh, and then, you know, some of the more, some of their other stuff is a little more dramatic and Donnie Dawkins voice. That was really the centerpiece was Donnie Dawkins voice. I mean, he's like Bruce Dickinson where he just, he, he hits these insane highs. Bruce Dickinson, of course, from Iron Maiden, he hits these insane highs and he can just carry them. Uh, and, and I've seen him in concert in more recent years and he can still do it which is amazing because a lot of these guys can't anymore. So, <laughs> you know, we were talking about Motley Crue and like Vince Neil was saying, yeah, you know, I lost my voice. I can't really hit the highs. Believe me, I've seen Motley Crue many a time and they can't, you know, Vince hasn't been able to hit those highs in a while, sadly, as much as I love him to death. Uh, and, you know, but Donnie Dockin could do it. And, you know, he just, he has one of those voices. They have a ton. Again, you never some of their hits. A lot of people know, but you never hear the songs that didn't make, you know, that never made the radio. 
And that's a shame because when you hear them, you just go, wow, you know, why, why wasn't that there? And that's kind of a truism with a lot of your more your 80s metal or your hair metal or whatever, is that the greatest songs that these bands made never, never touch the radio waves, sadly. Uh, and it's definitely a case where torrenting, once again, has really allowed for, you know, people to discover and rediscover uh, music that has come and gone. Um, in fact, I got a bit message from uh, from a listener who who told me about uh, about Dream Theater, how if it wasn't for torrenting, he would have never heard Dream Theater. And, you know, he ended up hashing out hundreds of dollars to make sure he went and saw, you know, uh, you know, all their, con- you know, a bunch of concerts and everything. And he had a great time. And, and that's true. Dokken is another one of these bands where, boy, you probably never heard of them, but they're fucking incredible. And they're still to this day, like a year ago, they had a new album come out. It's fantastic. And so, uh, you know, this is the band that you may maybe you only heard like Dream Warriors from uh, and a lot of people know that song because I think it was Friday or not. Friday, I'm sorry. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> which someday I'm going to talk about Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street as a special, I think, or maybe as a climax. But anyway, they did uh, they did one of the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, movies. I think it was the third one. It was either the third or the sixth. I'm pretty sure it was the third. And they did, uh, they had the song Dream Warriors for that, which was on the soundtrack and it, you know, became a pretty big hit. Uh, but maybe their best known song next to Breaking the Chains is In My Dreams. And that's the one I want to rock out for you right now. Uh, it is uh, just a classic. And, uh, you know, maybe not doesn't fit in so well with the feel good stuff, but this band really, this is the only place they can fit in. Uh, and uh, just awesome. So do check out more Dokken. But here we go In My Dreams. It's still the same. In my dreams, it's still the same. Your love is strong, it still remains.
Rockin' with Donnie Dockin' indeed. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, please check out even and make sure you look at the, like their greatest hits because they'll put like bonus songs on them because they used to be what you did is when you came out with the greatest hits you'd put on a couple extra songs back when musicians actually gave a shit uh and uh, they, they have some of their best stuff is on those greatest hits albums so so make sure you check those out too love Dokken. even don Dawkins, uh he had a solo album in like 93 that was really uh, great stuff. And in fact, George Lynch is, uh, you know, I, I didn't even mention him. George Lynch is, uh, you know, very well-respected guitar player. He had his own band Lynch, Lynch mob that still does stuff. Uh, he, George Lynch is a guy that, yeah, a lot of people, you know, m- music journalists still hold him in some degree of esteem for whatever reason. So you want to check out his work too with the Lynch mob. Uh, but let's, let's move on. Let's get into a band that, uh, Boy, I think a lot of people might get shocked uh, <laughs> that, that it's on this list. Uh, and it, obviously, it's incredibly well known. And to say that they're still making music is stating the obvious uh, because they don't just still make music. They still make top 10 music. And that is Bon Jovi. Yes, that Bon Jovi. <laughs> and they are, they are awesome. Uh, they have the much like poison. They kind of have the, uh, the, the reputation of, Oh, this is the, the metal that, that women listen to men didn't listen to this stuff. Uh, that, that that's bullshit. Um, I, I could listen to, you know, Bon Jovi, you know, all day, all the time. I mean, and they're another band where I don't know that they necessarily ever had a bad song. Their albums are track for track, you know, well, Okay, so uh, what was their first album? Fahrenheit seventy six hundred or whatever. That not not the best opener. Uh, their self title was good, of course. Slippery and Wet is one of the best selling albums of all time, and has uh, a lot of the songs that everybody remembers. You know, Let It Rock, uh, and uh, you know, You Give Love a Bad Name. You know, Shot Through the Heart. All that. actually, uh, no, that that's the same. Shot Through the Heart. This is kind of funny <laughs> because. Uh, on the self-title of Bon Jovi, they actually had a song called Shot Through the Heart. Uh, but, but it's not the same song as, you know, You Give Love a Bad Name. Uh, but anyway, you know, just tons. I don't think I even need to list them off. All the songs, all the great songs that Bon Jovi has done, you know, from Slippery When Wet. Everybody knows them. But, uh, I mean, Wanted Dead or Alive, obviously, you know, one of, one of the all-time greats. Uh, but they did great stuff beyond that. In fact, there was the album uh, New Jersey, which a lot of people will know the songs from that. Of course, uh, Bad Medicine, um, you know, Blood on Blood. I mean, tons of yeah, uh, Lay Your Hands on Me. I love that song. <laughs> There's lots of great stuff uh, off, of, off of New Jersey that you really you don't necessarily hear. Uh, Born to Be My Baby. That's a great song that gets very little radio play, uh, but that's one of the clear cases where the songs that you never hear are usually the best. Oh, definitely. You know, but New Jersey was good, but then there was the album Keep the Faith, where they only released a couple songs off of that, unfortunately, because there's a ton of great tracks on that. If I Was Your Mother, if there's one Bon Jovi song that I would want you to hear that you've never heard on the radio, and that if you never actually explored, really explored their catalog of albums, that's the song I'd want you to hear is If I Was Your Mother. It doesn't fit into the good times of this list that I'm I'm giving you here, so I don't want to play it, but check that out. If I Was Your Mother, it's off of Keep it's off of keep the faith. It is in, it's awesome. It's a really epic uh, song, but 
They have other Keep the Faith is a great album. There's a Blame It on the Love of Rock and Roll, uh, just a, a whole slew of, of good stuff on there. Then, of course, there was These Days, which uh, came out. It was that like 90, 97, I think, or something like that. That that was a darker album. Uh, had uh, Give Me Something for the Pain, which was really good. Uh, then, you know, that was kind of the only like upbeat song on there. But uh, there was also another great song uh, that it opened that album opened with, which was Hey God. Uh, which is Bon Jovi kind of like yelling. It's it, boy, it's good stuff. Then there's uh, my guitar lies bleeding in my arms. It, it's a it's a more of a downer of an album, uh, and it's it's probably best known for I think Bed of Roses, but great great fucking uh, album. I mean, like easily one of their best. Then of course they came back in 2000 with Crush, which has the song It's My Life, which should be the mantra for just about anybody that every, you know, lyric for lyric in that song, uh, should be a mantra for people, but that had other great songs. Uh, one wild night was amazing on there. Uh, I got the girl, uh, boy, it, you know, just older tons of that. That's a track for track album on its own. Uh, then, you know, they, they had albums of course, even come out they had a great live album come out after that. And then they had, and I don't want to get into, because they also had lost highway, uh, which was their kind of their country album, which I didn't mind. Uh, like there was actually a song on there they did with Big and Rich, which was, uh, you know, we got it going on. That was pretty good. Uh, th- there's some good songs on there. And I don't really, you know, I'm not even that much of a country fan. Uh, but Bon Jovi, you know, th- they delivered uh, with that. And then there was the, the album after that. And I'm going to backtrack here in a second. There were the album after that uh, circle was kind of weak. Uh, I'm glad that they more or less stopped. After that, even though that was just a few years ago, uh, because that that album didn't uh, di- didn't happen for me. Uh, so um, but then there, but let's backtrack to where you had uh, Bounce, which came out right after uh, Crush, which that 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 has a ton of great songs on it, um, has every day uh, there's, uh, you know, oh, hook, hook me up was a great song on there. And I mean, and then actually the title track bounce was really good. Uh, Arms are open all night. Great stuff. Uh, But then the album that really like shows that boy, even if you're 20 years in or 30 years in, you can still deliver the, you know, you can deliver the goods. And that was have a nice day. And I love this album. It's, it's probably my favorite Bon Jovi album of them all. And once again, track for track, uh, and it's actually, admittedly, there's one song on there that kind of started their country career, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> but they didn't stick with that. And but it opens up with the song Have a Nice Day, which is, you know, a really good rocker. Uh, and then it goes down you know, you know, into actually has a song Last Man Standing, uh, which I've quoted uh, many times. That's a really it's a pretty prescient song that I, I think anyone should listen to. Uh, there's, you know, <laughs> Uh, I just, I want to be loved. Uh, that's a great song. Lots, lots of good stuff on that album. Now, if you get the Japanese version and we talked about this in the last, you need metal special. If you get the Japanese version of have a nice day, there are like four bonus tracks and here's the, here's the problem. And this is where once again, torrenting matters because even if you bought it on iTunes, you don't get these songs. So at least last time I checked, which I grant you was a long time ago that I ever looked in iTunes. And these songs are, let's see, there's Unbreakable, uh, Dirty Little Secret, and we'll, we'll, we can just concentrate on those two. Okay, Unbreakable is this really good, you know, 
I'm unstoppable, you know, this kind of like, you know, really, you know, intense kind of uplifting song that that's that's really good, really basic, uh, you know, hooks, guitar hooks to it. Uh, but the song Dirty Little Secret, I love this song. This is so good. Now, maybe the reason they didn't release it is because at the time, I think there was another band that had a song called Dirty Little Secret. That band, is, no one listens to anymore, and I'm not even going to go into it, uh, but... <laughs> Everybody, a lot of people still listening to Bon Jovi, thankfully. Uh, but Dirty Little Secret is is really, really good. And I think you'll see why it, it fits in uh, pretty well with this uh, with this collection. So uh, I'll let this rock out because you're probably not going to hear this just about anywhere else. Like I said, it's a little hard to get your hands on. So here we go. Bon Jovi from the album Have a Nice Day, the Japanese edition, Dirty Little Secret. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dim the lights. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Bon Jovi, lots to listen to there. And of course, you know, John Bon Jovi did uh, some solo efforts, which were pretty good. And Richie Sambora, actually, uh, you know, the guitarist who his voice, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of the harmony, a lot of the really good sounding vocals in Bon Jovi songs actually come from him. I think he's a better singer uh, than you know, than, than Bon Jovi is. And uh, Richie Sambora has his, had like three, uh, three of his own solo albums. In fact, his first one, uh, Stranger in This Town, has a great song on it called Rosie. 
And uh, it's it's actually you know about a, about a woman becoming a stripper. Phenomenal, like rocker, re- really good song. That's from I think that's from maybe the early '90s that uh, that he released that. But otherwise, it's more or less a blues album. But good stuff. Uh, you know, if they like the blues, they like the blues. So let's get into our last band of the top eight, which is, you know, certainly last and certainly not least, Def Leppard. Uh, Def Leppard is. Well, it should go without saying. I mean, everybody knows the song Pour Some Sugar On Me. A lot of people know the song Photograph. Of course, Pour Some Sugar On Me, uh, that song is all about a blowjob, if you didn't already know that. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you want to talk about people that sing about sex all the goddamn time. Uh, Def Leppard certainly did that. And, and they, you know, they really brought on the good times. Uh, Def Leppard is, again, one of the best-selling acts in history. Uh, and they are more or less still going. If, if anything, in fact, uh, the some of the members have went off to, you know, do their solo projects. Joe Elliott, the lead singer, of course, has the down and outs. Phil Collin, not Phil Collins, but Phil Collin uh, has Man Rays, which is kind of a more of a punk band. Uh, so, that, you know, they they do their own thing. But Def Leppard is, is a band that really does not get explored enough. Everybody knows pretty much their two albums, Pyromania and Hysteria. Uh, Pyromania is known really well because it was the best-selling album uh, of you know whatever 1982 or whatever year it was. Uh, it was only it was only outsold by Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's statement enough, <laughs> you know, to know that you're the big stuff because Thriller, obviously being one of the if not the you know best-selling album of all time, uh, you know how do you not know about it? Uh, you know or how, how do you you know how do, how do you beat that? You can't. So, uh, both of those albums are really good. And in fact, the two albums before those, that being high and dry, uh, you know, was, that was really good. And then their first album was, was really good too. Uh, or it it wasn't, their first album is a a little rough, but high and dry. Their second album is pretty good. That has one of the, some of their more famous stuff that being rock of ages, uh, you know, and, and, and some other songs on there that are bringing on the heartbreak, uh, that, that a lot of people know it's one of the first real rock ballads. Um, but Pyromania, they definitely picked up pace, you know, and they release songs like Photograph and that that's got a, a whole slew of other songs. And then Hysteria and Hysteria, the album is just this, you know, just this wild masterpiece uh, that 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 really took the world by storm. And, and admittedly, how do you top an album, you know, that does 16 million uh, you know, album sales uh, in, a, in a pretty short period of time? That, that That's a tall order to do. And. Uh, Hysteria obviously has great, you know, pour, like we said, pour some sugar on me, uh, has woman, which was a, a great song. It wasn't the first one they released or it was the first song that they released off that. And I think it's probably the best song on the album, but it, it didn't get as much traction, uh, as you know, as again, as, as pour some sugar on me did, uh, has rocket on it. Uh, gods of war, uh, it has the actual, the title track hysteria, uh, excitable. It's a track for track album, like the bulk of their albums are, uh, and, and it doesn't, you know, shock anyone. And then after that, after hysteria, which again was just, was huge. Uh, they came out with, I don't know if it's my favorite album by them, but it might be, but it's adrenalize, which largely as I understand it, a lot of the songs on adrenalize were, you know, holdovers from the hysteria sessions. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the band Def Leppard went through some pretty serious, tough times, uh, when this album was getting released and that including the fact that they lost their, you know, one of their guitarists, Steve Clark, uh, who didn't contribute like a whole ton of, you know, 
he, he didn't attribute a lot of style per se to the, uh, you know, to, to the band, but you know, when someone asked like, how important was he to the band? Uh, he would generally like Joe Elliott would say, well, you got to understand it's like Steve Clark. He would just, sometimes he would just put in like this little, you know, this little guitar sound that would just make the song and would allow it to, you know, to allow the song to progress. And so it was a shame to lose him. And, and yeah, it, it was a shame. And then of course, uh, you know, their, their drummer, uh, lost, lost his arm. And that's pretty amazing for a, for a metal band to keep on going with a one-armed drummer. And of course they, they made a very, you know, they, they made this interesting, uh, you know, setup where it allowed, you know, it, it allowed their drummer to, to play with his feet, uh, as well. And, um, so that's why Adrenalize came out sort of as it did. But Adrenalize has some of their best songs. It has uh, Let's Get Rocked, uh, Make Love Like a Man, Heaven Is. Uh, I mean, you know, just a, just a, a you know, litany of, of great songs. Uh, and they kept on going. They had another album, Retroactive, after the fact. They brought on Vivian Campbell from, uh, from Whitesnake, actually, ironically enough. And, and he did great work with them. Uh, and they, they did uh, Retroactive, which had the song Two Steps Behind, which became far more famous because it was on the soundtrack for Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie Last Action Hero, which I actually, I love that movie. Uh, yeah, take that. Because <laughs> it was kind of universally panned when it came out. Um, but that's not the best song off of Retroactive. Retroactive has Desert Song. Uh, it has the song Fractured Love, which you wouldn't believe. the. I mean, talk about the amount of feelings that you get when you hear the song Fractured Love. Uh, amazing. And then it has a song action. It has it, it, another, just another masterpiece of an album. After that, they started to experiment a bit, obviously because the hair metal days were sort of over. And so uh, they came out with their album slang, which after the fact, and it's gotten re-released actually in 2013, it got a re-release after the fact, a lot of people have gone back and realized, Hey, this is a hell of an album. <laughs> And slang is, it's different. It's not like any of the other, uh, you know, Def Leppard albums that you've heard. Uh, but it, it, but it is awesome. It is, it is really, really good. Uh, and of course it has the title track slang. Uh, there's a great song. Why don't you, or yeah, why don't you tell me uh, a lot of good stuff off of that. And the, the 2013 re-release was really, really well done. Um, and then they, they had other albums. They had uh, euphoria, which was awesome. In fact, euphoria hit like number two on the billboards rock charts, I think which was shocking because at the time I remember uh, myself and, and my best friend at the time, Spock, you know, we're like, uh, how come nobody's talking about this album if it's so goddamn huge? And yeah, I don't, I don't know why, you know, but we went to, we, at that time, particularly this came out in like 98, 99, we were going to a lot of Def Leppard concerts uh, because we were just so enamored with the band. Uh, and, and we had just kind of, you know, rediscovered them more or less at the time for us. And, uh, everybody there knew the songs. So like there was a new song called promises that was really good. Everybody there knew it. So, uh, maybe we just lived in a shit town in a, in a piece of shit city. <laughs> so, uh, but the, an awesome album it has a uh, paper sun, uh, all night is a great song on that. We talk about a sexy song. They, they really, that might be the sexiest song they they've ever done. Uh, lots of good stuff there. And 21st century Shalala girl, uh, good, good stuff. Demolition man. Great song. Then they came out with X, which was another great album. They, they came out with that shortly thereafter because, uh, you know, euphoria was, uh, a success, you know, at a time when hair metal bands were not a success. And so they kept on going and with, uh, with X, there's a, there's a few good songs on there. Uh, particularly the, the, the first song on there, which is called now, uh, was really good. Otherwise 
the bulk of it isn't necessarily anything to, to really, you know, write home, home about to now. And they had other album songs from the sparkle lounge. They did a cover album called, yeah. Uh, you know, so they, they were still pumping stuff out and by and large, a lot of it was, was, you know, really good as, as usual. So, but you really can't beat, there was definitely that, that trilogy of albums in that time frame, uh, where you had, you know, you had pyromania, you had hysteria and adrenalize. And like I said, retroactive, I think is just as good. Uh, and certainly, you know, euphoria is an amazing album in particular. Uh, and so, but let's, let's go ahead and let's, let's put on, let's put on a bit of a rocker here. This is one that gets everybody really hyped up and let's do, this is from adrenalize and it's let's get rocked. Good stuff.
Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so good. Oh, all right. So I'm going to give you one more band uh, that, that we can that we can take this out with. And it's a band that I really shouldn't have to talk about at all. Um, but I will talk about them a bit and and then we'll then we'll end it off. And that is Kiss, my favorite band of all time, bar none. Uh, it is without question that in my mind, it, this is they are the great ones. And Kiss, of course, you know, they, they've been around forever since, you know, 1972, 74, I think was their first release for for their their self-titled album, Kiss. And then they went on, you know, people don't realize this. OK, but pretty much from 74 until, boy, when uh, when when Lick It Up or when Creatures of the Night came out, which I guess would be that'd be like 81, 80 or 83, something like 81, I think. They came out with two albums a year. And in fact, they came out with an album every single year up until 1985. So you have, I mean, you know, almost 11 or, you know, however many years where they kept coming out with albums all the time. I don't know anybody else that that's, that is that prolific. I don't. And especially when 90, 90% of the songs are great and the albums, at least at the very least, you can say all the albums are good and all the albums were incredibly successful. In fact, I think kiss is still like the largest, uh, gold selling, uh, band record selling band in history. You know, they have the most gold and gold, I think is you have to sell 500,000 copies. I don't know if those awards mean anything to anybody anymore. And, you know, in the internet age, uh, but, <laughs> but I mean, they, they, you know, next to the Beatles, they're like the biggest shit to ever happen, uh, you know, by the numbers. And I, I think that's incredible, uh, you know, and, and well-deserved because the, the music is phenomenal, but uh, you know, kiss gets looked on with, you know, with fondness, particularly in the 70s but nobody seems to think too to think too fondly of their time in the 80s and early 90s when is actually is where my favorite kiss music comes from uh they had just you know a, a great list of awesome albums you know lick it up uh uh animalize and then they had not to be confused with adrenalize from Def Leppard, <laughs> but uh, but animalize. They had uh, Asylum, which is one of my favorite Kiss albums. Uh, they had Crazy Nights. They had uh, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits, which had a, a couple of awesome songs. One of which we're going to play in a minute. Uh, then they had Revenge. Oh man, Revenge! And that's that actually that kind of breaks the mold because a lot of people listen to Revenge. And they go, yeah, okay, that album's really good. Like it gave Kiss some, you know, a real shot in the arm in the the public eye, and that had great songs like uh, like like Take It Off, uh, and and uh, you know a whole bunch of others. And and Take It Off is <laughs> is a great song. I almost want to play you, you know, two songs here. Uh, you know what? I'm changing this midstream. I was gonna play from Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. I was gonna play the song Let's Put the X in Sex, because what a great song it is. But instead. I'm changing it up. I'm going to give you kiss. I'm going to give you something from revenge. And this is the song. Take it off. I don't think I really need to talk about kiss much more. Okay. Because I mean, Gene Simmons has been my childhood hero. 
you know, for as long as I can, one of my childhood heroes, for as long as I can remember, okay, they're a band that they've done it all. And yes, pretty much every song is about sex. And amazingly, it never seems to get old with anybody. Uh, you know, and even in the 80s, they had their best stuff, Lick It Up, uh, you know, All Night, uh, Who Wants to Be Lonely? You know, I mean, just just keep going. You know, Heaven's on Fire. Oh my God, Heaven's on Fire. What an awesome song. Okay, you know, just keep on going with it. But let's do this. Let's break right into it because I don't want the special to go too much longer. And let's do... Take it off from the great album, Revenge.
about that. Little bonus for you. I know it's a top eight and I gave you nine, but how could I list off all these guys without giving Kiss their due? Because none of them, none of the bands I listed off, I don't think would be who they are if it wasn't for Kiss really paving the way to say that it's okay to have a good time, you know, and, and, and to, you know, and to openly, to flagrantly, you know, let your desires out. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, you take bands like Led Zeppelin and all that, their parties were really private. Like they were doing all this stuff that all these bands that I listed off were singing about, but they kept it kind of hush hush. And they, you know, they, their music was about other things as to where, you know, when Motley Crue and, and certainly when Kiss came onto the scene, they made the party public and they really gave, I think, in, in many ways, uh, you know, unconscious permission to people to enjoy life for once. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, though. Okay, as to why this music does mean so much to me. And that is, you know, I grew up in, in a very fundamentalist home. Um, you know, originally I was raised Jewish. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I, we became Christians. And even as Christians, we were, seven, you know, my family, we were Seventh-day Adventists. And so we were still very, you know, uh, very legalistic, very, you know, no, do this or you go to hell, you know, all that kind of. Well, actually, Seventh-day Adventists don't, don't believe in hell uh, per se. But, you know, do this or you won't you know, you won't be good and, and God, whatever. I, I don't want to get into that subject. And, you know, a lot of these bands were the antithesis of that. And that's where they really stand out for me. That's where, why they really sang to me, why they really spoke to me is that they, again, they were the antithesis of all that fundamentalism, all that social control. They were the antithesis of control. They were the epitome of freedom of thought. You know, they were, they were liberty. It was libertinism, you know, in the mainstream. And it was amazing to, to hear it. And it's what I needed, uh, because, and, you know, and, and it's one of the things that broke me out when I was young, you know, when I was like 17 and, and I became an atheist, you know, uh, when I was around 17, of course I had, you know, when I went into the military, I, I became a Christian again <laughs> and which, you know, no atheists in foxholes. Well, in that case, it happened to be true, uh, with, with me. So, but I became an atheist when I was, you know, 17. And part of what led me to that is that I saw, you know, people, I, I saw this, this music and I saw these guys having a great time and all that, and they were still alive. The earth didn't swallow them whole. And I said, wait a minute, they get to go have a good time. They get to have fun. They're not, you know, they're not, you know, thinking, holy shit, oh, you know, God's going to do this to me or whatever. And nothing's happening to them. It's all okay. And so I allowed myself to give into my own wants to meet my own needs, you know, at 17. And, and, and it gave me again, you know, like I mentioned that unconscious permission to say, no, you know, as long as you're not harming somebody else, you want to go have that good time, go have that good time, Brian, go on little stallion, do it. And I, it was, it was absolutely precious, you know, and so that music was in the right place at the right time. So it means a lot to me. You know, it, it, this style, this particular style of metal means a whole hell of a lot to me because it, in many ways was that, you know, people talk about how, well, I heard, I heard Ron Paul in the message of freedom and it, it just snapped me out of my statism. Well, guess what? I heard the message of Gene Simmons, of Vince Neil, of Nikki Six, of Joe Elliott, of Donnie Dockin, of, you know, Ted Poley. You go down the list. I heard the message. I heard the gospel of rock and roll. And it said, go ahead. 
You can get away from this religious nonsense that for no good reason at all, other than words on paper, is telling you you can't have fun or give in to, you know, some of your desires. Oh, it's needed. So when I title something, you need metal, maybe you do. Maybe you do need it because it is okay to go have fun. It is okay, you know, to, to think about what you want, not what God wants, what you want. It's okay to want things. This life is for the living folks. It's for the living. The, 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 the extreme lack of evidence for any kind of afterlife to spend your time in this life being worried about that is mind boggling to me. Mind boggling. It's okay. Have a good time. Your business. What is the purpose of life? This is the question. Why are we here? You know, this is the great philosophical question. I don't get why it's a great philosophical question. I think the only reason it's a great philosophical question is because anybody that asks that question usually, or anybody that takes that question seriously and doesn't have a quick, you know, two or three word answer knows that the answer stands in complete contradiction to everything society is pushing onto him. Because the answer is to be happy. That's the answer. It ain't hard. But others want to make it hard. They want to make it difficult. It doesn't have to be. Go ahead. Crank out these, this music. Rock out. Let it happen. Have a good time. Happiness is natural. Like I said, go ahead. Have that good time. This, this music was very key. There were other things. This music was very key to me accepting that fact. And it allowed me to really enjoy life for a good few years, of course, before I went into the military. Uh, but then at the same time, the same, uh, the same catalysts in many ways are what freed me once again. Anyway, I, this is, this is a good times special. This is not one where I'm supposed to get get all hot and bothered. Uh, and you know, I know, I know I have listeners who are religious and I think you will appreciate my points and I hope you do, uh, of what I have to, what I have to say here. So anyway, there you have it. Go have a good time. It's 2015. Let's rock it out. You know, make it really (laughs) make it a hell of a year. Do those things that you've wanted to do. And do it with a little bit of class by playing, you know, yeah, rock out that Def Leppard, White Snake, and Kiss, and all the good stuff. Ah, that's it. I had a great time. This this is an awesome. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you no longer want me to ever talk about music ever again, uh, please, you can email me, Brian, at ZomiOfflineGames.com. If you think I'm totally off base, you can also talk to me about that, too. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the hate mail is kind of has kind of tampered off or tapered off. <laughs> so... So I can't necessarily like, like, you know, put out points of disagreement, though. I think sometimes people would, would want to, would want to hear that. Uh, so, but I hope you enjoyed the special anyway, regular episode of Sovereign Tech coming out this week. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll, I, I, I imagine it will please because <laughs> I got, I got something interesting lined up. Uh, Carpe Lucem, everybody. I'll see you on the other side.
You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to The Evolution. Evolution. 